0: Blue Gold Sports is rich in tradition and excellence. It's about the athletes, the coaches, the games, and the history. And it all rolls into one place. It's the Rollin' with the Golds Podcast, your official UW-Eau Claire Blue Golds Podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the very first Rollin' with the Golds Podcast, your official UW-Eau Claire Blue Golds podcast. I'm Dan Casper and sitting across from me is Mr. Nick Hoven, my co host for, for these podcasts. Good morning. How you doing, man? Dude, I am
1: I'm excited. Yeah? It's still a little early for me. It was up late last night, you know, it's week one, so still prepping right. for some stuff, but this is uh, sports are back. It is sports are back, and
0: we. I, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. The department's excited. We're it's it's game week. It's uh, it's a lot of changes too within the athletic department. Uh, not coaches, but leadership and that there too. Which you know it's got to be a little bit exciting. I have to imagine there too. Yeah, and
1: it's been you know these first couple months bringing in um, you know the new athletic director Jason mm-hmm. Verdugo, has been you know at times a little bit you know having some patience, but it's mm-hmm. been for. Me and and what I do, it's you couldn't ask for more, mm-hmm. right? Jason's coming with an approach if he just wants to kind of learn and you know get to build relationships and stuff like that and not change right. too much, which I think is great, especially when you know we're kicking off football this weekend right. and it's I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, right? right? Going into the going into the first game, so mm-hmm. it's been yeah some some changes, different mm-hmm. you know kind of different vibes. You know we got some different yep. coaching staffs out there as well mm-hmm. um, for this upcoming year, but yeah you know. Blue Wolves
0: will still be on the field competing every day, and exactly. it's going to be fun. Hey, so before we get down uh, the wormhole here a little bit, uh, for anybody listening in, why don't you tell everybody uh, what your role is, and and maybe a little bit about, uh, about you, so they get to know you a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I'm the Assistant Athletic Director for Media Relations. Um, this is my fifth year working within the Athletic Department, mm-hmm. um, seventh or eighth year being here in Eau Claire. Okay. So I'm an Eau Claire grad. Um, I Actually came to UW-Eau Claire to to go into law enforcement. Oh, really? As that did not pan out, <laughs> as you can see. Um, ended up making my way working as a student within the athletic department. Um, they opened up the position, the assistant SID position, um, when we added baseball, brought back baseball. Okay. Added men's soccer. Added women's lacrosse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then from there, um, kind of just moved, moved my way up the chain. So yeah, this is my second second full year. Um, very, very excited. I mm-hmm. uh, feel a lot more prepared than I have, you know, in years past. Right. So much to... There were some times in August where I was just sitting there, I'm
0: like, okay, I need something to do. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am bored. <laughs> so... But it sounds like just kind of, because uh, we've gotten to know each other here a little bit uh, for the last few months, you're involved in a lot of different at, uh, facets uh, of, of the athletic program. You're talking with maybe some of the parents who come on you know, tours and such, working with players, interns, and, and that sort of thing. So it seems like your hands in a lot of different places. A
1: Jack of all trades, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's it very much is, I mean, sports information, the website, social media, live stats. Those are my main responsibilities, but mm-hmm. I do like to kind of You know, get into other things, whether it's, you know, dealing with corporate sponsors or, Mm -hmm. you know, I've even asked some coaches, hey, like, would you mind if I sat in on like a campus tour just to kind of see what what that other side of it is? I graduated with a minor in the science of coaching and Mm -hmm. I've always loved sports and that coaching side of things is, you know, something that. You know, I might not get day in and day out, but at least, you know, I can still kind of be a part of it here and there. Right, And it's always nice just even walking around campus and, you know, you see a family that's, you know, whether they're taking a photo by the arch, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. just going up asking, you know, hey, I'll take the photo for you. And then kind of just getting to know who they are. Right. Exactly. So what year did you graduate? So I graduated winter 2020. Okay. So it was right before COVID. Right. I was going to go off to grad school actually out on the East Coast before they offered me the job.
0: Okay. So like- yeah. How oh, things change that quick, right? Yeah. Man.
1: I had plans to move and I like finalized my plans in late June mm-hmm. and first week of July. They called me and said, Hey, we wanna bring you back. Wow. And so I was like, Okay, I'll yeah. come
0: <laughs> I'll come back. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just made me feel old, and I don't feel like I'm old. I'm class of 09 uh, from <laughs> UW-Eau Claire. So at least we got a couple of UW-Eau Claire grads doing this podcast, too. And that's right?
1: that's the crazy thing, and we'll talk more and more about it as this podcast keeps rolling on. But the amount of Blue Golds that are not only sticking around but have so much of a huge impact, mm-hmm. not only in this department but on this campus and in the area, is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, coaches who not only played here but have have literally coached one place for their entire career, right? Ie Kim Woody, yeah. Shout out Kim. Yeah. <laughs> um, hope you're traveling safe to LA right now. <laughs> um, but like, the, she's the definition of blue gold. Mm-hmm. Played here, went to school here, yep. coaching here. Pretty good track record. Yeah. Champion Got a chip. national championship. Yeah. 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 No. So it's it, it really is you know that that family atmosphere when it when it comes to you know not only alumni but even you know bringing in. I don't really like the word outsiders, but bringing mm-hmm. people who, you know, who aren't maybe fr- that familiar with it,
0: right. they blend very, very well right. you know, really, really, really really easily. Absolutely. And, I mean, it, I feel like it wasn't that long ago when I graduated, but, I mean, the the changes the campus has undergone. I know Chancellor Jim has done some fantastic stuff with, with, the, with the campus. He wasn't my chancellor when I was there. I kind of wish he was. No offense. But, I mean, he's just very – and he, he's so involved with the students, too, it feels like. Like, he's involved in everything. He's at a ball game. He's, mm-hmm. he's at these games. He's at the national championships. He's so, – you know who the chancellor is, I feel like.
1: Right. And as cliche as it sounds, like, not only this department but this campus, their main focus is giving these, these students and the student-athletes the best possible experience that they can have in mm-hmm. college, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could say that for any college, but I truly believe, like, this department, whether it's coaches – Assistant coaches, you know, mm-hmm. done to laundry staff, done to the AT staff, done to our admin staff. Like, we are all here for one
0: main goal, and that's for the student athletes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, because you have that uh, science of coaching minor, I was a KINS major too. So I was up at McPhee all the time and walking those stairs all the time every day, oh. you know, going from history class, because I had a history minor so i was on lower campus a lot and then i'd have to boot it up to those stairs and all i'm that, so. i made
1: the the sprint from hibbard all the way up to yeah. McPhee almost every day because i was like i was a communications
0: major mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Oh. now i cheat and just drive <laughs> <laughs> i i actually it's funny because we're recording this uh the other day i was giving my six-year-old we drove down on water street i said Do you want to know where dad lived a couple times and this is i'm like well i actually walked all the way from there up to there and he's like and my six-year-old response is like you're nuts I'm like, well, that's kind of what we did. I miss it. A couple weekends ago, we were
1: at the uh, Center Ice Club golf outing for men's hockey. Mm -hmm. I was talking with some of the, the rookies coming in just ask them if they were living on campus or off campus. And I found out like three of them are living in one of the houses that I lived in my really? junior year. <laughs> I was like, yep, I remember that house. And yep. the kitchen slants a little bit towards the south side <laughs> yep. and
0: definitely uneven. And Oh, yeah. I can picture my one house that's just like that, too. <laughs> even from the outside, it still looks like it. Right. So. But I mean, even just like Eau
1: Claire, though, in general, I mean, even looking at student housing, how many houses within the past couple of years they've...
0: They've either refurbished or they've yeah. completely flattened and put up these beautiful duplexes. Like the first place I lived at, I had to drive by twice because I couldn't find it. It's because they refurbished it. It looks completely yep. different. So it was. It's on Summit Avenue, actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, down there. So changes, changes with student housing. Mm-hmm. I mean, changes on campus as well. You know, with the new science building coming in, obviously the Sonotag Center. Mm-hmm. It's this. This place just keeps growing, man. Yeah.
0: No kidding. Uh, and and the area, like you said, you you came back. And that's kind of where I was too. I graduated from here, and then I took a job as a youth sports director at a YMCA in Wisconsin Rapids, and it was good. You know, we I was there for a couple of years, but I wanted to come back. You know, it was the area I wanted to come back to, Eau Claire, and luckily, uh, a few years later, this is what I'm doing now too. But uh, it's, it's, it's that whole area, that Eau Claire area, too, that just draws everybody in, I think, too. Right, and and that's
1: what people, people always ask me, like, do you ever see yourself going, you know, somewhere else? And, you know, I, I do have aspirations, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was planning on going out to the East Coast and getting a completely different culture and different, mm-hmm. you know, area of, of the U.S. And, you know, if it's out there, you know, I'm sure someday I'll make my way out somewhere else. But, you know, I'm i'm very happy with where i'm at now and the fact that you know i don't again another cliche like they say you don't you don't work a day in your life if you love what you do and Mm -hmm. i truly love what i do Mm -hmm. right like i'm not going to work and and slaving away or anything like that like it is i get up every day excited to come into the office to see the student athletes to go Mm -hmm. you know get social media content and you know there are some days where it's you know a bit of a grind and, and stuff
0: like that but it's it truly is you know almost like a dream job for me absolutely so, uh, you know, with uh, with these podcasts, so kind of the the, uh, the flow of it, if you will, you're going to hear Nick and I uh, talk about, you know, maybe the week ahead, the week of, recapping some stuff, looking ahead. And then one thing we really wanted to do with uh, with this podcast, too, was, was tell the story for, for a lot of these coaches, like you mentioned, Coach Woody, or, or some of the players, or maybe some other uh, players behind the scenes, whether they're part of the staff or whatever, but kind of tell... The stories and learn a little bit more because like you mentioned kim woody graduate coach national champion there's so much more i think to tell of her story and so many coach england who, who's been around for a long time uh coach huntington for for softball you hey. know there's so many stories there that that should be told uh, and for every Blue Gold fan to to know and even maybe non-Blue Gold fans that they didn't know about these coaches. And
1: it was a very easy pitch when we first were were talking about this, you and I, because, you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to be around, you know, these coaches and I kind of know their history and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like this is for, this is for the, you know, maybe the people who don't, you know, always get to go to games, or right. don't really know too much about it, or even for the recruits that are thinking about coming to Utah This is going to kind of be a deep dive into what the coaches and the student athletes, what their background is, what their mm-hmm. you know history, what brought them to you know Eau Claire and, and right. what makes them what makes them tick, what makes them drive, what gives them that championship mindset and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's such a diverse diverse scene of not only like coaching cultures, but just. And how people day to day work right i mean yep. uh, not to you know give away too much but like Kim sets up her 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 staff and and her team very different than chip mm-hmm. right two two cha- two coaches that have made it to the championship level and have won national championships right chip coaches his team very much differently because he has to with his sport mm-hmm. right and so it's it's just one of those things where I think that information and those little nuggets are are so invaluable to just you know kind of keep a secret yeah. behind the scenes and right and we're excited to share it with you know not only Blue Gold Country but
0: everyone else out there yeah and you mentioned uh, Coach Chip Schneider there too and that's one of them that I'm I'm going to be really interested and curious to to talk to him about because I mean for the longest time last year was the first time you had a home meet and this is a guy who has brought national championships without even having a whole mead for for the longest time. But to to build those teams and to coach those teams and still win championships, I'm fascinated. I'm I'm looking forward to that conversation of kind of knowing his mindset and deep diving into what his philosophy we is. We probably too. could make that like a two hour episode, right? right? <laughs> just just
1: just digging deep in in into it with, with Chip. And, yeah, and again, like how. He sets up his student athletes not necessarily for week one, but for week 13. And right. That's, you know, national championship. Whereas, you know, with some of the other team
0: sports, you have to be ready week one, right? You have mm-hmm. to be playing at your peak right off the bat. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I, I, you, that's funny you mentioned that because how many times is it like they've, you know, Blue Goals maybe finished second or third in, in a while, but national champions because and, he sets them up. For and it's that. so funny. So, my,
1: my, previous boss uh Jill Mills shout out Jill she's she's, oh, she's yeah, the best and, and um her and her k- kiddos are, are awesome as well as her husband Nick um one of the first things that I learned when I was start covering track was um we didn't do too well in the WIAC championships and I'm sitting there like my first year and I'm like Jill I thought we were like a nationally known program and we're not taking we haven't taken home a, a WIAC championship in like 15 years and she's like oh just wait yeah that year our men's team won both the indoor and the outdoor national championships <laughs> and it was like yeah that looks a lot better than you know a
0: conference championship right yeah exactly so that's where uh, it's, it's these stories that uh that I can't wait to even learn myself too right. you know that's that's the exciting part for me too because you know I am a an alum uh, I've been in that building but you know you see the coaches maybe they were teaching some of my classes or, or something like that but uh kind of get the behind the scenes and pull back that curtain for everybody I think is going to be a lot of fun and the first coach that we're going to be talking with here uh, on this episode is a first year Blue Gold head coach but because football season is right around the corner is Rob Erickson but he is very familiar with WIAC you know having a lot of coaching experience in the WIAC and at other levels too so him first year with with the Blue Golds I've heard nothing but good stuff uh, coming, you know, the, the review. I know we haven't had any games yet, but a lot of good stuff. Positive energy, it sounds like, it's coming from that program.
1: It is It is amazing to walk through McPhee nowadays and even just running into football players and, and other coaches and just the the vibe and the culture. And I don't only see it, you know, from my perspective as an admin who just, you know, is up there maybe once, twice a week. Mm-hmm. But, like, even from the AT staff and, like, the strength and performance staff like even they notice it and they're like this is a completely different team Mm -hmm. from what we had you know in Mm -hmm. in years past so we're really excited for him um 110 kickoff Saturday Mm -hmm. uh be there Carson Park there you go um we're we're back in it it's gonna Um, be warm but be there yeah (laughs) be there please lots of water yep (laughs) not too much shade out there but we're we're gonna get through it and it's it's it it's it's gonna
0: be fun Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a fun year yeah Concordia Moorhead, uh, the first game, correct uh, over there, and then uh, I think is it the uh, the YX schedule starts end of September against Point uh, September thirtieth, right there, I it. So yeah, uh, up there too. But. So a
1: couple couple non conference, you know, you mm-hmm. get Concordia here at home, um, you go down to Coe, mm-hmm. um, which when talking with Coach, you know, that's a, that's the other thing is like this this entire year, there's no like film exchange, right? Right, and like even talking to him when when he was doing his media scrum on on Monday with the local media, like. They don't have film on Concordia, and Concordia doesn't have film on them. So what they have to do is they have to go back to the times where, you know, whether it was him or Coach Gravel at um, at Whitewater, you know, Gravel played at Whitewater and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, remember what, what they did versus Concordia there. But from the flip side, Concordia has no idea what, right. what Erickson and his crew is going to do, right? Because mm-hmm. it's brand new for them. And yeah. So that's kind of – that's the other kind of piece that – is going to be very interesting to see how both teams kind of attack Saturday
0: and mm-hmm. with kind of a, an unfamiliar op- opponent and, and kind of go from there. You mentioned uh, you know Gravel, but also the, you know the, some of the other assistant coaches like Dunn, you know coming in the the interesting backgrounds that these younger I would say younger coaches. But you know whenever you have like well they worked with the Badgers, you know quarterback quarterbacks coaches and all that. I think that we talk about recruiting so much, and especially at D three level. If I were a recruit and I'm looking at that resume. That's got a that, that would pique my interest.
1: Right. And and it's 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 very cool to see two very young coaches be coordinators, right? So you have yeah. Grave old first year defensive coordinator, um, coming from St. Thomas, was a was an all conference defensive back at, at Whitewater. Mm-hmm. Dunn came up through the Wisconsin program, coached alongside, you know, Paul Christ yep. and, and all that stuff, and then went up to northern Michigan, actually coached under our linebackers coach Kyle Nystrom nice. last year. <laughs> and so now they both come here done in his o, in his O C role. Nystrom's, you know, still our linebackers coach. Right. But you know, kind of bringing in two guys who are continuity there a little right, bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. They know how each other ticks. They know how each other works and mm-hmm. you know, it might be kind of a flip of the script as far as, you know, who's coaching under who, but like mm-hmm. I mean, bringing in those guys is, is great. And then, you know, Coach Puck, wide receivers, he's done great stuff out, out on the East Coast with with Union. Um, and then a very well-traveled uh, um, coach for defensive line, Ricky Lang, who's done some work out on the West Coast with some of the schools out there, Claremont and Occidental, and mm-hmm. and he's he's well-versed in seeing D3 football from a completely different side of the, of the nation. So right. very diverse staff, very young staff. Mm-hmm. It's, it was one of the things that Coach Erickson and I you know, first kind of chatted about, and I helped kind of pick his brain about it, you know. Was there, a, was there a calling to go with a younger staff versus an older staff? Because one of the things that Jason has, has made a very aware, Jason, our AD, has made very aware is, like, he wants head coaches to empower his assistants, mm. not to have them be complacent and kind of stay in one place. He wants them right. to prepare them for the next level. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know.
0: Yeah. And that's got to be refreshing to hear from a coach's standpoint to hear your AD kind of say that, too, right? right? You know, it's like a, the AD wants us to potentially look to further our own careers there Mm. a little bit too that's 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 kind of refreshing and i think kind of maybe more of a new school approach yeah a little bit that way so and probably somebody in your position too i would have to imagine james kind of that mindset too yeah definitely (laughs) so you know i know a lot of blue gold fans you know they're looking at this football team the last few years it's been a little bit down but it sounds like you know Positive. It, the The arrow is going in the right direction. The enthusiasm surrounding this team with Coach Erickson, with these new assistants, that enthusiasm is, I would argue, it's been pretty high. And 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 you know maybe compared to to the last few years. I know we we've gone through some new coaches, Dan Larson a while ago, Wesley Bashaner and such, but bringing in a Wyatt guy like er- like Coach Erickson who has that experience, it just feels different. Like, okay, we got somebody who knows this conference. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, as the record might not show for itself, I mean, let's,
1: let's call spade a spade, mm-hmm. right? But you look back, last year, homecoming, against Whitewater, top yep. five team in the nation, we were only done by seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, yep. we were all in the booth, and we we're like, we got ourselves a game. Now, obviously, it didn't end up that way, but, like, we – we stuck it to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we were down in Central again, top top ten team week two. We we stayed with them until the third quarter, yep. and then the rain just got out of our hands and some turnovers, you know, happened. So this group is they're ready, and we, yes, we kind of graduated a lot. But you look at some of the key pieces, you know, we have a starting quarterback coming back, starting running back coming back, defense is almost all back, mm-hmm. like, and we got a couple guys that are taking fifth years that bought in. To what Erickson brought in the spring, and they were when I talked with them, they're all like, "I'm I'm taking my fifth year, and it's because of coach mm-hmm. and, and these guys." And
0: so it's it's going to be it's yeah. going to be exciting. Yeah. It really is. Well, uh, before we let you go, and we talk to Coach Erickson here too, do want to mention uh, volleyball? We already talked a little bit about uh, Kim Woody, but their season is also uh, getting going here as well. And then when you win a national championship a couple of years ago. Is that kind of the benchmark uh, every year, or, or close to it? I mean, you you set the bar pretty high, and those ex- expectations are, are pretty darn high, and they have been for a while for 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 this group. Right, and I, I think
1: that's where last year was was very interesting. You look at the the preseason poll for this year, and you know we sneak in there at twenty five. And mm-hmm. after talking with some players, you know, not to you know not to shame anybody, but there was people were a little surprised. And I think some of that comes from. Just the last little bit of last year, you know, losing first round in the yac tournament, and then you know mm-hmm. ended up making NCAA's, losing first round of there. It was kind of like, you know, coming off of that championship high, you know, you had all these expectations of you know running it back. Mm-hmm. I think, gosh, I know we did it. I I need to like pencil this down somewhere, but like, I don't think there's been a repeat national champion in volleyball in like fifteen years. Really? And so that's where like when we were when we were talking about it, like the coaches were like. We're gonna give it our all, but like we know that you know history tends to repeat itself. Like mm-hmm. they very well, cannot happen. And especially when you come in last year's season. You know preseason rankings, they are what they are, mm-hmm. right? I don't take too much. I wait for week two, right? Yep. Let everybody play a couple games, exactly, right? So we and, got something to see and kind of get some ju- early judgment, right? On so it, you yeah. you come out of you kind of come off at of twenty one you you know, you win the national championship. Coming to 22, you're ranked number one in the nation. I mm-hmm. mean, that target doesn't get any bigger on your back, right? Right. And they won some good games early on. You know, went down to went down to Texas, beat Barry College, who I believe was like number five at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Like that was a, that was a solid win. And this year's group, I mean, they had scrimmages Saturday and Monday. There's some there's some rookies and some youngins that are gonna power this group. Awesome. To the next level, and so. that's kind of what I was going to ask you too, because they do lose some uh, veteran leadership for, yeah. from the last
0: couple of years. They do
1: right? Ken- Kendra Byrell, mm-hmm. um, uh in twenty one All Star, All All Star, All American. Those words are, don't even do the justice enough mm-hmm. for Middle Mackenzie Bachman, Taylor Scalia. You know, doing their work. Um, you know, on the defensive side, and then you got Ariana Barrett, who you know was a four time All Conference, was was a nominated for NCAA Woman of the Year. She's Mm -hmm. now on the coaching staff because she still, you know, has a little bit of school left. Mm -hmm. So, and and even talking with Ari, like she's, she, she was, she was itching to get back on that court, but to have that presence, you know, maybe not on the court, but alongside and helping these, Mm -hmm. these newcomers in into the system and, you know, kind of showing them the ropes is, is so
0: important. Right. Absolutely. So, looking forward to that because uh, you said that it was Coach Woody in in L.A. right now, or where were were they going? Yes,
1: they left at six a.m. this morning for L.A. So they're headed out to L.A. for a uh, it's the Pacific Coast Classic, hosted by uh, Claremont Mudscripts and Pomona Pitzer. So they got Whittier uh, on Friday, and then they play Claremont and uh, Pomona Pitzer on Saturday. Claremont is top. I mean, they're all top teams. Mm -hmm. Um, I I haven't looked at the coach the Coaches pull, because again, I don't take it too seriously, right. to be honest with yep. you. But um, that's, it's going to be good competition right out of the gates. Mm-hmm. But I know they're going to a Dodger game tonight, oh, nice. so today's going to be a long, yeah. long day. Yeah, at the plane and then... <laughs> yeah, leaving at 6 a.m., I think I think the, the first pitch out there is like 8.30 oh, p.m. local time. Yeah. I think it's Dodgers, D-backs, so...
0: Hey, got some uh, wild card implications potentially right. in there, too. So. And so that's, that's kind of been the talk <laughs> of the
1: summer with Kim was, like, she booked uh, she booked the tickets a while ago, but they've been keeping track of the standings because she didn't want to go to a game if it was just going to be a dud. Right. But, yeah, that's this that's going to be, gonna be one, one of the best games on the
0: night. Exactly. Absolutely. So, well, so yeah, awesome. so they'll
1: go out there. Uh, I know – I think it's tomorrow, They have practice day. They're going to go out to the um, – usc southern california facility oh nice and practice out there and, and that's that's the other part of like these trips is kind of you know being able to see other facilities and stuff like that i remember last year when men's basketball went over to madison mm-hmm. they practiced i think it was halloween night they practiced in madison's practice gym and we we were all like wow this yeah. is this is big time and then playing at the cole center it's just mm-hmm.
0: insane so Yep. Well, you talk about facilities. I just saw the Sonnetech Center the other day. looked like all the sides were getting up there or close to getting done. Uh, at least the side part, you know, obviously inside and all that. But I, it's still weird to kind of see that there, knowing what it was before. Like, right, nothing. It's just, it's impressive. I cannot wait to see that. I but. finally got a
1: tour last week. Yeah, right. It left Left the left the Twitter guy <laughs> off of all the the early tours. But I finally got a tour last week, and that place is. I mean, it looks big from the road. Mm-hmm. When you when you go in there and you just I mean, even the, the event center that is going to be huge. Twenty mm-hmm. foot scoreboard, oh bleachers God. on all th- you know on, on three sides, two suites, and then you head over to the field house. You could fit like 410 cars in wow. there or something. It's 140 by like yeah, it it's it's gonna be massive. It's Absolutely. gonna be a game changer for us.
0: Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, too, because uh, I noticed this. Got a new website, updated website, bluegolds.com. It looks pretty spiffy up there, man. Thanks, sir. Yeah. It's been my summer project. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. I it kinda took me off guard when I went to it. I'm like, dude, that changed up a little we bit. We haven't right? there's
1: still there's still some some kinks to work out yeah. as, you know, technology is great oh, when it works. Right. But um, so we haven't really done like a release on it and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so the occasional people might not know. But mm-hmm. yeah, check it out, bluegolds.com we kept the same URL. Um, yep. my my goal with it was was ease of access and mm-hmm. i've already heard a lot of good good feedback from people as yep. far as how easy it is to you know find you not not even historical data but like just the generic
0: data tickets i was just gonna say tickets team store you know stuff like that you know right. somebody wants swag or tickets to a to a game it's it's easier now and selfishly on my end it
1: it's a lot easier. Yeah. For us too. <laughs> from what a- we're, we're what we're previously used to. So right? yeah, the, these past three months I've just been I've kind of been geeking and, and just just loving life. So that's awesome. So yeah, check it out, bluegolds.com. Um again, just a little bit of a, a different revamp. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously new A D. This is this is kind of a new era for yeah. Blue Golds and you know, especially with this podcast like that's that's the way that i'm kind of taking it and mm-hmm. and we hope to you know kind of
0: move forward from there absolutely well i got to kick you out now because we got to talk to coach erickson fine so we'll uh we'll catch up next week though for sure okay bud yeah. well i'm looking forward to this nick and uh, i think this is gonna be a lot of fun bud so, yeah can't wait awesome all right let's talk with coach rob erickson coming up after this quick break
2: are you looking for a staycation well we have you covered and there's something for everyone With plenty of options to choose from, you can get away and relax at any of our local hotels like the brand new Holiday Inn Express & Suites Eau Claire West, Candlewood Suites, Holiday Inn Express & Suites Lake Halley, or Staybridge Suites. Want the whole package? Johnny's Italian Steakhouse and Holiday Inn South are the premier full-service hotel and restaurant in Eau Claire. Unwind, recharge, and enjoy the experience. We are here when you're ready for whatever you need.
3: Where do you go for great burgers, drinks, and fun? Wahlburgers inside your local Hy-Vee. The Wahlburgers and Hy-Vee
0: stores have a large menu, including a kid's menu, plus a full bar. You'll find the classic Wahlburgers favorites, including Mark and Donnie Wahlberg's favorite burgers and Chef Paul Wahlberg's famous tater tots, plus amazing appetizers, sandwiches and salads, and delicious shakes and desserts. For a great meal on the go, check out Wahlburgers at Hy-Vee. With a Royal Credit Union checking account, you get endless ways to bank, save, and spend. Royal's checking accounts offer all the benefits you need, like no minimum balance, no monthly fees, and customizable real-time alerts. You'll have access to our free online banking and mobile app. So managing your account is easy. We're in your neighborhood, on your phone, and here to help. Open your checking account with Royal Credit Union today at rcu.org slash Royal Checking Account, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the uh, Rolling with the Golds podcast. We've got uh, Nick here. I didn't kick him out. He wanted to stay in because uh, he wants to talk with Coach Rob Erickson here, too. So, Coach, uh, welcome, and uh, thanks for stopping by and being on the first uh, first ever Rolling with the Golds podcast.
3: Wow, that's... Uh that's humbling. I I'm know. excited to be here. So you gotta set the bar pretty high for
0: everybody else who comes on after you. Okay? Either that i
3: set it really low. That way everyone knows they did better. So
0: I'm a team player. I can do that. I like it, man. So are you getting excited? Uh first game coming up here in uh this weekend, just a few days away. Is it has it kinda hit you yet or or, or not really? The Certain elements are. Yeah.
3: Because now you're wearing a different hat and mm-hmm. so when you're uh, when I was coordinating for all these years, you just kind of had to make sure your side of the ball was prepared for. And mm-hmm. you just showed up on Saturday and people told you where to stand and when to run out of the tunnel and, and get your game plan ready. But well, now I'm dealing with all these side conversations. Where are you going to stand when the band is out there? Where are you going to put this? Where are you going to do that? And, you know, how's the bench is going to be? Where's the buses got to be? So now you're answering yeah. different questions. So just by being in those conversations – I'm already starting to get, yeah, no, it's right around the corner now. Uh,
0: yeah, man. I mean, the weather may not feel like it's uh, coming up here. It's going to be a hot one. But because uh, yeah. this is, I mean, are the nerves kind of getting in there yet? Or Do you do you feel like you're going to be nervous uh, on game day? Or are you just more excited than, than anything?
3: I'm not really nervous, no. I yeah. mean, I'm sure, probably. Um, uh, but doing it for 23 years. Yeah. So that first game is always a little different, mm-hmm. no matter if you're just a position coach, coordinator, or probably now head coach. Um Uh, But obviously, uh, yeah, I'll be be more excited, I think, than nervous. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. really nervous for the – if I'm going to be nervous, it's going to be for the players. Like, I want them to play well. I want them to have a really good experience. I want us to walk off the field, Mm -hmm. you know, that we stuck to the process and we played the best game we could play. And Mm -hmm. the results will be the results. But did we play our best football? And that's the biggest thing for the guys is, you know, more nervous for them that, you know, they they do what they're expected Mm -hmm. to do.
0: So, you know, coming in, you're a Junction City guy. Yeah. Uh, I used to work in Rapids, so I had to schedule Junction City Little League games. There uh, you so go. So I'm very Rudolph and all that area over there. The so, Junction City Jaguars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, you, you're coming back to the, you, you're a Wyatt guy. You yeah. know, you, you were with Platteville. But when, when this open, when this job opening came, came available, what was the biggest thing that drew you or what were some of the things that drew you to this opening here at Eau Claire?
3: Yeah, I mean, one just the WIAC, uh, mm-hmm. the label of the WIAC is something that I've always been uh, drawn to as a player, and then being in the league at two different spots, coaching. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great conference. It's very comparable to many Division two conferences that are out there, and so you're going to get a high level athlete that's committed, mm-hmm. with great facilities and great people, great universities, with great academic programs. I mean, there's just nothing that would uh, that would hesitate you from wanting to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Eau Claire, um, just spending. The few days that I was here during the interview process, um, I loved the facility growth. I loved where we we saw the vision of our athletic department going, Mm -hmm. um, which got me really, really excited. And then always having, you know, being a guy from the midwest or central part of the state, Stevens Point, Junction City area, Mm -hmm. um, and then playing and coaching that platform, being at Whitewater, we always thought Carson Park and the Eau Claire experience was different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just kind of having that background knowledge got me really excited about Eau Claire and I really feel like it's a sleeping giant of a, of an institution. Mm-hmm. I think we have with the growth of the, uh, the facilities and, the commitment to our academics, and it's one of the most beautiful campuses in the Midwest. Yeah. um I just think there's so many things that attract kids to that. Mm-hmm. That'll give us an opportunity to put a very competitive team on the field.
0: Absolutely, and Nick, uh, this is kind of a question for both of you, but you know, facilities obviously is a is a big you know topic for the last couple of years, and we were talking about the Sonntag Center, and you know that's going to look amazing, especially for for the football team. And we talk about like facilities as like for for recruits, but could you also say that that's also for coaches? You know, that's a desk like for for you. Like I get to work in that facility. You know, I get to use that as part of my team we we focus that so much on recruits but would you say that's also for for coaches too
3: oh 100 quality of life for coaches is is really important Mm -hmm. and um, when you walk around you're like man i get to recruit to this and you know my my quality of life in my own office to how i'm gonna watch film and break things down and you have Mm -hmm. top of the line stuff that makes you more excited you know and so for sure it's a recruiting tool for the whole athletic department Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah, and, and I think it's one of those things, again, where, like, it's – even if you're not using it, like, day-to-day, like, it's going to be one of those things where you're still going to bring your recruits in, mm-hmm. right? Like, the hockey hockey teams will still bring their recruits in because they'll probably end up doing strength performance stuff out on the, the, the field, the field house. Right. Right? And from from a, self, kind of a selfish standpoint, like, our admin group will be moving down to Sonateg, and, mm-hmm. you know, right now it's – we're kind of all kind of in closet spaces, right? Right. So – um, it, it it's one of those things where it just it, it elevates the the playing field for everybody on our
0: campus. Right. It keeps everybody kind of wanting to be there too. Right. Like you mentioned, you love coming to work every day. I would love coming to work every day too. If I had a at you know <laughs> yeah. the center like that yeah. to practice in or go to work, that's that's we were talking about it. And just it's going to look the the progress that they've already made in these last few months is amazing uh, over there too. So, uh, so one thing, coach, that we want to do with this too is kind of tell the story and get a little background here. So. If I get personal here, you know, yeah. I apologize. I'm going to go deep here. Not I going to like make it. you cry, but uh, we're, I'm an emotional we're, guy, so you might. <laughs> <laughs> so you you're from Junction City. You said, where did that love of football come from? Where 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 did that passion come? Kind of take us back to maybe your youth days a little bit. But what stands out from your from your playing days? And do you know? Was there a specific moment? Or who was your biggest influence when it came to the game of football?
3: Yeah. Um, so I grew up on a on a small farm family farm um where we 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 worked long days and worked hard um Mm -hmm. and our release were were sports and so the friends in the neighborhood five six o'clock you get you get done doing your chores you wanted to go do something and so Mm -hmm. it wasn't always just football it was baseball we would go play wiffle ball at the tennis courts we'd play hockey in the in the winter months and take a pond and just shovel it off and Mm -hmm. you know on Sundays we would put the radio on in the car and uh, we had a little little spot of grass outside the high school or the the <laughs> elementary school where we would play tackle football. You know, it was just constantly staying busy mm-hmm. um, with sports, and it was seasonal, so you never really became specialized where you right. maybe got burnt out. Yep. Um, and so I was always around it. And then growing up, I had a an older brother, Eric, who's five years older than me, and he was an amazing older brother in terms of took me to everything. So when I was in elementary school, middle school, and he was able to drive and take me to high school events you know he would my parents say eric you're taking your brother with you you know so he he had to lug me along you know and he might go sit with his friends in the student section but i was i was there and taking it all in i would just um i I'm, I'd like to kind of just sit back and observe at times mm-hmm. and uh i just remember a lot of those memories being really great and then having his buddies over at the house when they're in high school and i'd look up to them and
0: mm-hmm. wanted
3: to be in their shoes um so i just think it's the whole environment of sport Mm -hmm. and um, specifically football, but just the environment of sport and being around people and and knowing how that brings people together and the family atmosphere and the connection and and then being competitive. I mean, I hate to lose Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what the sport is. You know, if if I have a bad shot in golf, I really get mad, even Mm -hmm. though I'm not good enough to to get (laughs) mad, uh, but it does. So um, I just think it's just that upbringing, and Mm -hmm. obviously I had a great family. My parents were amazing. My two sisters, um, you know, brought me along as well and showed me the ropes and got tough with me at times. So. Mm -hmm. Um, just being the youngest, um, being around a great family kind yeah. of got me going.
0: Yeah, I mean, that it's kind of that small town. I don't know, because I'm from Metford originally, uh, you know, small town of 4,000, but kind of how you were describing it. And I loved how you said it was seasonal, so you never got burnt out. And that's how exactly I, I felt like fall It was football. We're playing at recess, you know, and then as, as soon as snow comes, we're indoors playing hoops. You you, you know, we're playing these pickup games in the backyards or something like that, and then you know it's it's little league when it's spring. It's that small town feel. It was that connection with with everybody. You know, sports kind of brought everybody together that way, sort of thing. So, and I think you know,
1: speaking about family, one of the things that kind of popped out to us when you were here, you know, here on campus and everything. Not to get too far into the whole you know interview process and everything, but the way. The way that you preach family and love with the team—it's definitely a culture shift for you know not only the football team but for you know a lot of the teams within our department. And I think it meshes well because our department is very very family oriented and stuff like that. Where did that come from? Did that come from your time at South Dakota State, Whitewater? Is that it, has it, did it come all the way back to you know just your love for football and you know with you know with your brother and and your parents, or is that just something that's kind of just been? You know, at the at the top of, of your list,
3: um, it's always been I've I've been a big family guy my whole life to be honest. Um, you know, even just my outside of my my media family, my cousins were a huge part, and you know, I remember like deer camp. You know, Ohio. I mean, I mean, there's so many stories outside of just sports where we were always together with family. And UW Stevens Point offers a, a trivia contest every weekend, it's world's mm-hmm. largest trivia contest. I mean the whole neighborhood of Junction City would go to someone's house, and there's 500 people in Junction, so it was a revolving door, and you connected with everybody there, and you got to know people that aren't even your family, but they're part of your family, so it's always been there, um, and when I think if you talk to players that played for me, I guess is probably the right way to say it, at Aurora or Platteville, they would say the same thing. I haven't changed. I mean, they loved you know their experience, most of them, because they knew I, I cared. Now, I wasn't the smartest guy, and I, I didn't always make the right call, but they knew that it was well thought out at the time, and I, we were doing the best we could. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then I guess, yes, to answer your question, I mean, South Dakota State, um, working with Coach Stegelmeyer, um, who is the greatest, and I know Coach Amadorfer and Coach Misha, I apologize, but he was the greatest guy I got a chance to, to work for as a head coach, and bringing that um, culture of love, family, faith, and don't be shy about it. You know, Coach talk talk about a lot. Like he was there early in his part of his coaching career, and he would talk about his faith a lot. And he'd bring the FCA, and uh, people are like, "This is a state school; you can't talk about that. Uh, you're going to get fired." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, if I'm going to get fired over this, um, rather than wins and losses, I can live with that." And he just kept going and going, and he made it okay to to bring it, not force it, but to bring it and talk about it and be open and and connect outside of just football. And that gave me the comfort level that, yeah. hey, if I ever become a head coach it's okay to to maybe not just do the norm but be more vulnerable and, and be there for kids and put your arm around them and tell them you love them constantly and mm-hmm. and give them the experience that, that I would want if I'm an athlete, that I know I'm going to do the best I can, I'm going to make mistakes, but, hey, this person here cares and loves me. Um, and then, you know, that really – people will will blow down doors for you at that point. So mm-hmm. um, I'm. it's always been part of me. That's kind of why I get emotional when I talk about my own family all the time because it's just um, – that is really to me it's everything it really is i mean memories national championships all those things kind of come and go but how do you connect with your own family and how do you make those memories last and when you think about it how does it make you feel and Mm -hmm. um that's always been powerful to me
0: because that's where your legacy is right when when it kind of boils down to like like, that's something that i've always kind of like thought about a lot lately is your legacy and you think of like career-wise and that but then it's like you know, I've got a son, but that's that's my legacy is, is the family and the relationships that you build. And it kind of sounds like that's what you're, you're kind of talking about too a little bit.
3: hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, as a coach, and I speak for all coaches, no matter what the sport is, you spend a lot of time away from your real family, you know, mm-hmm. like my wife and three kids. I mean, you know, you sacrifice and I miss their sporting events to go get ready for a practice for, for my team, and um, that's hard for them to understand. So it's finding that balance too in mm-hmm. your life um, and knowing that you're, you're hopefully your kids walk away, you know, when my time passes, it's like, you know, my dad was the best dad he could be, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's important to me. I hope to be the best, um, you know, husband and father and maybe someday granddad that yep. I can be. Like, that that means a lot to me, and, and mm-hmm. I want that. So I don't really have hobbies because my hobbies is either my family or my team, and, um, and I wouldn't want it any other way.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, would you say – you know, that when you talk about your family a lot, and I know in your introductory presser, you were talking about your, your family a lot, so that's got a top priority, I have to imagine, for you. And you mentioned it, families sacrifice a lot for a coach, you know, if a coach is in their family. Can you kind of tell us, just maybe kind of give us a glimpse of just how much, I mean, you mentioned your kids, you, you might be missing a practice, and now we hear that a lot, whether it's on the pro, college level, or anything like that, but... Is it really truly it takes a whole family for for a coach to be successful because that family sacrifices a lot for that coach too?
3: Yeah, no doubt. I in order to be a really successful coach in my opinion you got to have a great wife. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we've made four moves since my kids have started school and you know they start getting close to somebody for 3 4 years and then we would move and then they got to start over. I mean, we can all think back if we grew up in one town like I did in Junction City, I can think of even though they might not be my friend anymore, but I can remember stories of a third grade situation and carry Mm -hmm. it back. And if I ever run into that person again, we can, we can connect. Um, I took that away from my kids. You know, I, um, selfishly was trying to chase things that, you know, I didn't really sometimes even know what I was chasing and who had to sacrifice. Hey, dad's moving us over here. You know, we went from Platteville to Whitewater, which was not the most difficult because it's only two hours from our extended family, but it's mm-hmm. still a new high school. It's a new system, a new friends, you know, so that's scary. Mm-hmm. And then going three states across to South Dakota, like, oh, my goodness, Dad, especially for my oldest who was just becoming a freshman in high school, and now you're going to ruin my high school career by moving us, you know. And so that was really tough. And I think that's the part, like, sporting events is one thing, but then you can come home and you can talk about it. Yeah. But when you're actually, like, constantly changing friends – um, that's really hard for mm-hmm. kids and obviously it's marked me uh, my kids now are moving to chippewa Falls school district and we moved them here this summer to try to get them acclimated to like softball and baseball trying to meet some kids and i yep. they love those two sports anyways but it's really just trying to meet some friends and that wasn't that easy you know so they're going to start school here on tuesday and now they got to walk the halls as a junior and sophomore in high school for the first time in a new school mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stress that comes with that. There's a lot of deep conversations that happen in bedrooms at night, trying to figure out, hey, where's what's where do I belong? You know, I think that's the part of this coaching profession that people outside don't understand. Um, and that's what I signed up for. That's what they they didn't sign up for. It' their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to have in order to for it to work. Going back to my initial comment, your your wife has to be there. She puts all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. She's the one who gives me a weekly review of, hey, Jared is struggling or Cammy's in a in a place you need to go spend some time with her, and this is what's going on, or, um, you know, and kind of giving you that information. She's the coach at home, you mm-hmm. know, and and then also being there for me when I need it, because hey, it's, today was a bad practice, and she's like, well, that's the last thing I care about because your two kids are trying to figure out school, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so she's amazing. Um, if without her, I would n- not even be close to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, we've got the support. I'm extremely grateful. There's tremendous sacrifices going on. Um, Because it's easy for me. I show up to the office, people are going to work with me or they're not, um, and you kind of just got a pattern. Mm -hmm. But my family's been out of that. They don't really have a pattern. Um, And hopefully at some point I can give them a pattern and and routine, but it's been a struggle. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So going to your playing days at Platteville, did you know or at what point did you know that, you know what, football's kind of my blood? I want to keep this going. I want to be a coach. Was that something that you thought of maybe earlier before you got to to Platteville when you're when you were playing, or was that something that maybe kind of developed when
3: you were in college? Yeah, no doubt. I wanted to be around sports, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we all had I had visions. I was going to play for the Packers for 16 years, and then well, I'm glad cut. to hear you're a Packers fan. So that's <laughs> a, <yeah. laughs> You know, it's all those things. I mean, but at some point, realization hits that mm-hmm. you're a five flat 40 kid playing safety, so you're <laughs> probably not going to make the NFL, right? So what? <laughs> the next best career path, and that's to be around the sport and coach. So I've had great mentors, Like my dad was my youth coach growing up, and, you know, so the game never ended. You know, mm-hmm. we walked out the field, but we kept talking about it for four more hours afterwards and how every pitch went in different ways. And um, and then I had Ma Pesh, who was a youth baseball coach who was a huge influence in my life. And, um, you know, that one was – he, he kind of steered me in that direction. So, yeah, they had, not to get too long, for sure. I mean, I always mm-hmm. wanted – to do it. There was a moment where I thought I was going to be an architect. I love building things. Like if I do get some side time, I like to do construction work. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of keeps me, I love to see something from start to finish come through and be like, yeah, I, I made that. So I wanted to do that. So that's part of why I went to Platteville for engineering. Mm-hmm. Not knowing engineering and architecture were two different avenues. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes back to my uh uh i guess who i am but uh, i got there for a year and realized that differential equations and all the stats classes and mm-hmm. calculus was just not my avenue so went into history education instead
0: nice that's that's interesting that the architect because you like building things that's kind of coaching though too yeah, isn't it? 100%. building programs yeah. and, and building futures for, for kids over there too right yeah. in a different way yeah right absolutely so go for it nick did you have yeah
1: i just just a Quick shout-out to the entire Erickson family. I've only known them for a couple months. But um, Maya, Jared, Cammie, whenever they come to campus, very, very nice, very you know respectful, have nice conversations. Maya's already out at Sioux Falls. She is, yep. So shout-out to the kids, but then Kelly. I've been in, I think it's two now, when you when, when you guys first came to town and then the first day of camp this year, um, Kelly has talked in front of the team. Both times I've left that room wanting to run through a brick wall. Like she is, she's awesome. She's a ball of energy, pretty dang good athlete back in her yeah, day too. Great athlete, yeah. Much so, better than I was. So yeah. So shout out to the Erickson family. You guys are gonna, you guys fit in so well here. We're so again super excited not only for the football season, but to have you guys join mm-hmm. our blue gold family, and we can't wait to see what you know what happens from here on out.
3: Yeah, she's not going to shy away. She's So she came to our first – it was spring practice, like number three. She finally was able to get to one of the practices because she was still living in South Dakota, and she comes to one of the practices, and one of our running backs had the ball a little low. And she's like, I don't think you should carry it down there. That doesn't seem like it's the right placement. It should be up on the peck. And he was doing bag drills, and finally she went and just stripped the ball and knocked it out. She's like, can you carry it high and tight? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. That is so <laughs> good. The, the players looked at her like – who is this? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, she she doesn't she doesn't shy away. She's gonna jump right in. She sees something. She's gonna make a comment. She's you know she wants to win as badly as anybody. Mm-hmm.
1: So should we put her closer to the sidelines to maybe give that little uh, extra you too close. She's gonna uh, extra the- coaching from the
0: stands, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe have a booth view yeah, up there, right? or something <laughs> like that. So that's awesome. give her a headset. Yeah, yeah
3: she's. Well, we joked for a little bit as we were putting the staff together. We didn't know who we'd all be able to bring in, and she's like, "Well, I can be your running backs coach." Nice. And she, and it was not a hesitation; like she wasn't like joking. It was like, "I can do that." I think I just gotta carry the ball high and tight, right? So
0: that's all. Awesome. Well, that's gotta make you. You talked about the the family in that to have Kelly, you know, be that supportive yet willing to jump in for that. That's gotta. I mean, just kind of seeing the smile on your face talking about that, too, that's got to make it a little yeah. bit easier for you, right? It's I so mean, awesome. It's yeah. a,
3: and she was such a good athlete. She, Her sport in college was softball, mm-hmm. um, and she was, you know, Conference Player of the Year, all those awards. And she, she actually doesn't like me talking about it, so I won't. But she's, she was super, super talented um, mm-hmm. and competitive. And her, her family, getting to know them over the 20-plus years of marriage, is they're more competitive than my family. <laughs> so seeing how she was brought up with her brothers and her parents and mm-hmm. – um. She's like, if we're gonna do this coaching thing, like we're not, we're gonna do it. Like mm-hmm. we're not just here to collect a paycheck or just kind of go through the motions. Like we're here to do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, when I get home and she's grilling me, how was practice? Like she really wants to know. Like did you have good sixteen period practice? Or was it bad? Like were the kids' effort good? Like she cares. So yeah. yeah, It's it makes it fun.
0: That's awesome. I know Nick and I were kind of talking a little bit about uh, the staff that that you hired, and it's a uh, younger staff with really intriguing backgrounds uh, on that too. Was that. Did you have kind of a goal and what you were looking for when you were building your staff, or was this just something how the process played out and, and you had all these candidates kind of pop up? Or, or what was your vision for, for building this staff?
3: For sure. Well, I had candidates in mind for the two coordinator positions. I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to step away from that role and be a true head coach. Um, watching Kevin Bolas do it at Whitewater and watching Coach Stiglmauer handle the handle staff as just true head coaches, I knew I wanted to do to bring an offensive defensive coordinator. So I had a decent list of guys that – I felt like uh, would be a great fit that mm-hmm. I've worked with in the past or had a long relationship with that I knew I could trust and once they were in place then kind of just turn them loose to do their thing um, and then from there um, we were gonna work collaboratively together from their position and my position to to generate the staff and then I had list the guys that position coaches I I wanted as well um, and then it just became phone calls interviews trying to figure out how we could put this staff together in a way that we wanted and um, yeah i mean I, I mike McHugh was the was a guy from the uh, a holdover mm-hmm. um and i knew mike a little bit from previous engagements um did a phenomenal job outstanding job with keeping the team together mm-hmm. during the transition um and so i'm extremely and i'll always be grateful for that because when i came in it was the kids were actually in a pretty good spot um a lot because of mike um so then but he wasn't going to be the offensive coordinator him and i talked candidly about that and so bringing in bob dunn that pretty much solidified the main part of our offensive staff mm-hmm. and then defensively when brady jumped in and brady was a guy i was pretty excited about because of our past at whitewater seeing him kind of grow from st thomas days into three four and him having good conversations with me into the four three that i really like at south dakota state and just kind of blending the two systems together i knew he had a bright uh, bright future and, mm-hmm. and he's an outstanding recruiter and great connector of kids so once he came on board, it was okay, here's who else I want, you know, who else I'm thinking. And really, the guy that kind of fell to us uh, was Kyle Nystrom. You know, Kyle, um, him and I have a history together. He was the head coach, he was Division One, big time coach, mm-hmm. ball coach at big time schools under a lot of pressure. And um, when he reached out to me and we kind of started talking about, hey, are you serious about? wanted to come be linebacker coach i mean you were just the head coach at a really good division two school you've Mm -hmm. been at big places and he's like rob for you yeah i mean because we had a relationship he's like i just gotta check eau claire out see if i like the town you know and if it's great then i trust you and we'll be in a good place and that really really made things kind of great yeah yeah, with our with our main coaches and then from there i was able to bring in four other coaches and they were more younger more guys that i didn't really know Mm -hmm. um and I love their energy, and they all bring something different off the field. That was something that was really important to me. So, like, social media is a big thing in college coaching now. you got to be able to connect with kids on a regular basis. you got to be able to get content out there to lure them in and show them what the the experience is like. And Devin Puck had a great experience with that. He has a great knowledge base of putting together social media content and having a creative mind. So that was a place where I could – when he started interviewing, we started to learn that piece about him, was like, well, this is a no-brainer. Not only is he a really talented wide receiver coach, but he brings this element to it as well. Yeah. Um, and then just like Ricky Lang, you know, he's got a strength and conditioning background. He's able to keep the kids accountable. He can be our stretch guy. He can do some things outside of just football to keep our kids, you know, nutrition and things. He brings a lot of insight there. And So everybody just kept, kept bringing knowledge, you know, Harrison in the run game and, you know, Coach Becking. We initially went with Josh Wilson at corner, and then he left to go to the to an NFL mm-hmm. um, scouting position. But Coach Becking was right there. It was those two neck and neck for the job, and we ended up going with Josh. And then when Josh left, I called Coach Becking. He's like, "Yep, I'm I'm willing to jump in." So, um, I mean, the staff is just outstanding. And mm-hmm. then Carter Grants, the last piece. Carter played here, um, and then we asked him to be a GA um, this summer. Not knowing really what we would get and what he would think of it, and man, I think he's got the bug. I think he's really into it. He's coaching our tight ends at a really high level, and he shows up every day, all eager and wanting to learn. So, yeah, this staff is awesome, is unbelievable, and you know, you're always. Go- I'm always going to remember this first staff, mm-hmm. you know, and I know they're all going to probably at some point adventure on and and try to continue to to elevate their game, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully not. I mean, I'm trying everything I can to keep them, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the staff has marked me in a very positive, humbling way. And um, it's, it's amazing to hear their stories and get to know
0: them. Awesome. I just got uh, one or two, unless uh, Nick's got more. Before we get to a lightning round one here, All right. we get to know about you a little bit more. But, you know, when it comes to WIAC and, and football, and, and you've got the experience, everybody thinks of Whitewater. You know, can you be, can you beat Whitewater? Can you be the next Whitewater is that a goal of yours is should that be a goal i mean how do you how do you view that because i think if you ask a lot of general fans the first team when you ask about Wyatt football they're going to say whitewater because of a lot of the success you were a part of mm-hmm. uh some of that success too is that something to shy away from do you embrace it so how do you how do you approach that
3: yeah um yeah at times in recruiting you know hey we're in the wic Kids are like is that the league with whitewater mm-hmm. you know to your point a little bit um Obviously, our vision is to 5, 10, 15 years from now, uh, when we talk to recruits, they're like, oh, Claire, yeah, that's the YAC school. Mm-hmm. you know." And then that's where everyone references us. Um, we, we, Every week, our opponent is faceless. It's part of the process, and I know mm-hmm. it's cliche, but you truly got to live it. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Who are we chasing? We're chasing the best version of ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's it. And we should see progress every week. You know, and who we are today, we better not be in 11 weeks from now. We better be a better football team. And whoever that opponent is that week we're playing, we'll give it our best shot. Now, do we study the other team and get an idea of what they do? Yes, because mm-hmm. we got to give our kids the best chance. But at the end of the day, it's about how hard do we play, um, how intentional are we in meetings, mm-hmm. um, what's our practice habits like, are we getting better in the weight room, you know, and those are the things that we can control so, are we chasing whitewater? Or are we chasing lacrosse? We're chasing ourselves, and I and I really truly believe that. And when you can do it that way, um, then it doesn't. Then, then I don't think kids get stressed out. You mm-hmm. know, I, when I was at when I was at Platteville, going back kind of in the archives now. I mean, we would build whitewater up my first couple three years there, mm-hmm. and you could just see the panic and sometimes even fear. Even the kids would never admit it. We practice different. In any little mistake at practice, the kids felt like, oh, we're going to lose because we're not perfect. Well, no one's ever going to be perfect. So if you think you're going to play the perfect game, you're going to lose. So um, once I think we started turning the corner there, Coach Emendorfer did an amazing job. Like, we became our own team. We stopped caring about who we were playing because we were starting to see some success and just kind of became who we were. And then it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, we get to. Play a whitewater. We get to play a Mm -hmm. lacrosse. We get to play these guys and show them how hard we worked. Rather than oh man, we have to like can't lose this one. No, like we can't lose any of them. Mm -hmm. But all we can do is focus on us. So that's how we talk within our walls. It's about us practicing and doing things the right way, and the results will be the results. And if I think you live life that way, you can always look on Saturday night after the game and say, did we play our best football? And if we did, okay, then it's what it is, and let's go Mm -hmm. work on Sunday and go. If we did not. Okay, we got some things to correct on Sunday, mm-hmm. but the scoreboard shouldn't be an indicator of how good our football team is. Yeah, you know, we got to be the best version of us. I love that mindset.
0: I mean, because Nick was talking about the energy that is just different, uh, kind of with this program and within the walls, and and just in a short conversation with you. And, and I'll just – because I, I graduated from UW-Eau Claire in 2009, and, and I'll admit it, like, there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm. And I, I was a Kins major. I was in that building in McPhee, and and back then there really just wasn't a lot of enthusiasm. I kind of wish I was back on campus now because that enthusiasm and that energy seems to be there. And, Nick, you probably would be able to better attest to that. Right. And it's it's infectious. And mm-hmm.
1: put it this way, we haven't even played a game yet. Right. Right? Like, we Saturday will, will be, you know, the first, the first one. Um, you know, your last game was what? A national championship that came yeah. away with a big W? Yeah, that was the so. big one. <laughs> <That was fun. laughs> you know, humble brag a little bit. But, but yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, and even just talking with, with the student-athletes who I've gotten to know, you know, over the four years and, and, you know, them going through multiple, like, coaching changes. um, You know, not to put anybody on the spot, but, you know, Thomas Croyman, talking with him, like, taking that fifth year because of what, you know you and your staff brought in and the culture just being completely completely different mm-hmm. and again like, like we talked about it's not even it's not the players you know that not even the players that are the ones that you know kind of have that infectious feeling it's the at staff it's the strength and performance staff it's it's everybody around campus so
0: mm-hmm. we got some special brewing here yeah we do we truly do but definitely I'm, that's that's exciting and from an alum that's exciting uh, hearing too so sure. well before i let you go we got to learn a little bit more about you unless nick has one more question did you have any nope let's get into it all right so i'd like to do a little lightning round the first time i talk to somebody sure this is where we really learn about you okay so you kind of already answered one you said you don't have any <laughs> hobbies so it's 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 your family and and football essentially so what is coach erickson's favorite food oh boy uh, ribs, ribs. All right. So, are you like the the smoker rib, like putting in slow ropes or slow smoke? Ideally, on there? yes. Yeah. Let
3: it fall off the bone, real yeah. slow.
0: Yeah, boy. So, uh, do you have any superstitions before a game?
3: Yes, I have. I'm a very superstitious person. Yeah. So, like at the dining hall, where we were eating at the staff, we mm-hmm. had to sit at the same circle table at the corner of the dining hall. Okay. It's just some. Yes. Every day is a pattern to me. So,
0: I feel like if you played sports or you're a part of it, you have to have some sort of superstitious element to it there's yep. got to be at least something I, I can still remember the stuff i did as a kid in playing days right did you, did you do that Nick? i or mean I, I rolled my socks weird when i played baseball when i played kind of hockey I, I I mean it was
1: it was routine as far as what equipment goes on at what mm-hmm. time and and at what at what point and, yep. you know if you mess that up you're just you're mm-hmm. out of you're out of your funk yep yep
0: all right so this one i don't know but just kind of knowing you i don't know if you've had time but if Coach Erickson actually has some time and is sitting in down with his family, what are you streaming? Netflix? What is there anything
3: you're watching or uh really? Whatever the family wants to watch. <laughs> so each kid's has got kinda of got their own show. Yeah. Um but my my wife and I'll watch Big Brother. Okay. That's kinda of been something over the last twenty some years of us. Nice. When we can find some time, we, we'll show she puts that on and I've become a fan because She's a fan. Yeah, um, I'm into AGT a little bit, uh, America's Got Talent. Yep. I, I love seeing people kind of pursue their dreams and some of that stuff. So nice. more reality TV, I guess, probably than sitcoms. Gotcha. All right. Uh, how about, let's go with, uh, what's your, do you have favorite music? Does, do you listen
0: to a music before a game or anything like that?
3: Yeah, it's it's been throughout my life. So in college, it was like Creed and kind of more of that rock kind of stuff. And now I'm more into country because my kids are into country, mm-hmm. and I kind of like the more recent country styles that are out. Right. Well, you moved to the right area with Country Jam and all that going on, so Definitely. I mean, you're yeah, right. set for, for a while over here. So,
0: uh, how about did you have like a who's your did you, this one? It's it's always tough because it always depends on the age of the person I'm asking. Sometimes, do you have a favorite book was there Was there a book that you read that always kind of stood out to you?
3: Ah, uh, yeah. Um. Not one. Like, Above the Line by Urban Meyer mm-hmm. has been yep. more recent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not – wasn't a huge reader, as you can tell. So yeah. it's been more now like coaching leadership books is right. most recently.
0: Yep. How about um, – who was your biggest influence in your life? Oh. And this one oh. I feel like it's going to be tough for you because you mentioned a lot of names Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> A little bit of a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I mean, I, I I had to put the umbrella of all yeah. – my entire family, my mm-hmm. – my um. Yeah, my parents and my my siblings and, boy, I, and and Kelly, too. I mean, Kelly's mm-hmm. been a bigger part of my life than, you know, as long as, I mean, she's. It's like there. an
0: award speech. You don't want to leave anybody I, out I at can't, this point. I <laughs> can't. And, I, and
3: it's not even just to try to keep people happy. Like, I, I've been marked by so many great people that I would be doing, a, I, w- I wouldn't be doing justice. That's mm-hmm. not. But I, my brother, I mean, everybody who knows me, I talk about my brother all the time, so mm-hmm. I'd probably say my brother.
0: Where's your – have you, since you've been here in Eau Claire now, do you guys have a go-to spot where you go grab something to eat or, or anything? Or what's your favorite go-to location or anything like that?
3: Or we still kind we of, really haven't yet, but I'd say Cowboy Jack's has been a couple times we've nice. went to. just yep.
0: River Prairie over there? Yep. Yeah,
3: just kind of sit outside and, and yep. sit and watch the river a little bit and just kind of have like more of a patio-type setting. But yep. we haven't been able to get out much, to be quite frank. Yeah
0: kind of hitting the ground running right yeah, away yeah. so what we might have to do though nick i think i did this with our new ad listeners if they have any suggestions maybe make a list for coach to check it. When do you have some downtime yeah when, when yeah. if that ever comes up sure. if you have some downtime with we'll, your family we'll create a list like the sure. eau claire checklist yeah i like that that, 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 that <laughs> you have to hit up over there so uh what's your favorite me- football memory right now do you have one or you mentioned it's just gotta, national gotta be the national championship yeah
3: i mean and the game itself was was amazing, but I think the greatest moment was at the end of the award ceremony mm-hmm. when I was able to get Kelly and the kids up on stage, and we were up there with the team because we're close to the team, too, and we would have them over for dinner all the time. They, they knew our family just like our kids are learning about my family here. And having them on stage and seeing thousands of people swarm the field and mm-hmm. do that together with the five of us because of the sacrifices we've already talked about, um, yeah, not not even a close second. Like that's number one. Awesome.
0: Uh, I think you kind of already mentioned it, but uh, favorite football team pro Packers. Oh boy. Favorite player growing up as a kid.
3: Ah, <sighs> favorite football player. Yep. Uh I well, was a I'm going to AJ here a little Cecil. bit. That's ah, that's guys. a good pick. Yeah, uh, hard was, hitting safety. Yeah. yeah, he was he was a dude because I was a defensive guy and. Uh, yeah, he hated everybody so.
0: yeah that's that's a good pick that's a solid pick I like that one uh what would, if it's not football what would be your next favorite sport because you mentioned you played a lot growing up what would be that next one
3: baseball yeah yeah there's there's days I think baseball's my favorite sport mm-hmm. so I just love being around it and um just to a fault for my son a little bit because I try to correct him a lot and he's like dad just be a dad be a fan you know so mm-hmm. but he appreciates it um, that we can give them some insight, but baseball for sure.
0: Well, and I know Junction City is huge into baseball too. At least the the couple of years I was down there with, right. with Little
3: League, it was always a very popular sport for
0: everybody over there.
3: Yeah, for only having five hundred people, probably hundred kids in the elementary school system mm-hmm. to have three youth teams is, is yeah. pretty good. That means every every boy and girl is playing, which yep. is pretty cool.
0: Pittsville, Rudolph, Port Edwards, you know the, yeah. the, all those small towns over there. Yeah, baseball was huge. Yeah, uh, down there did you have one did you want to throw there, nick or ooh, off the top of my head um t- 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 nothing really i got it. this one's uh kind of maybe a 2 part. are you a coffee drinker Cook. yeah a okay. <laughs> pot a day that, every, so uh, every time i'm in his office that pot <laughs> is going
3: <laughs> so how do you take it just black that a boy yeah. see that's how
0: i do straight up black <laughs> yeah. i don't put any of that other stuff in there Can't Yeah, do my it.
3: my wife has told me she's She's okay with me drinking coffee as long as I don't put cream and sugar and, mm-hmm. and kill myself with that stuff and eat donuts. So the donuts mm-hmm. part I can't promise, but yeah, I'll, I'll drink it black.
0: That's that's how I do. How do you? You got a coffee? You, you I put, mix it up. I oh. do. I do
1: a little bit of cream and sugar, um, but I mean, I grew up with black coffee. Mm-hmm. It was it's was just one of those things that we just always had in the house and yep. you know got a Keurig in my office. And oh, I got, got one, one in my and, office too. Yeah, yep. so. it's the first thing I do.
0: Oh, I got the Packer mug. Yeah, right there, so. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much just black with a little awesome. cream and sugar. Awesome. Well, Coach, this was a lot of fun getting to to know yeah, you uh, for was. a while, and I think we got to do this again, maybe after the season or such. Cause, yeah, for uh, sure. Um, I think there's a lot more that, that we we could have probably Nick gone on for another couple hours. That's gonna be the tough like part that. about
1: doing these. Is yeah. like we were kind of limiting ourselves a little bit, but mm-hmm. like we could
0: we could talk for hours. Yes, yeah, we could. So uh, best of luck on your first game. Uh, this is going to be exciting um i can't uh, i think you know again talking with nick and just talking with you the energy is there throughout the whole program i mean even in the community uh, talking about i remember still watching your introductory press conference and, and kind of sensing that energy and that excitement and it seems you know i know one thing from a lot of fans too is like you know they want somebody that that wants to stay around, and it sounds like that's that's something that uh, you kind of talked about in your opener presser too. But you're a Wisconsin guy, right? You know you're you're a Wyatt guy too, yep. and and that's something that I think a lot of people love to hear too. Yeah. So
3: yeah, this is it. Yeah, we're gonna retire here, whatever that is. If we don't have success and people make that decision for us, they make that decision. No. But at the end of the day, this is it. We're Yeah, we've talked about like this Mm -hmm. is it. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we can make it a really long run.
0: Yeah, this is going to be. I think like you mentioned, Nick, a new era, but it's a really exciting one too. It's going to be special. It is. So, Coach, best of luck on the season, and uh, we'll be chatting again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You got it. And that's going to do it for the very first episode of the Rolling with the Golds podcast. Big thanks for tuning in, and don't forget you can follow and subscribe to the Rolling with the Golds podcast for free that way you never miss an episode just check it out on apple and spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts i'm dan casper and for nick hoven and coach rob erickson thank you again and we'll talk to you on the next episode of rolling with the golds